Meghan Markle's subtle expression change at wedding exposed true feelings, expert claims. Downton Abbey to downtown shabby. <laughs> Lady Mary actress Michelle Dockery is laden with shopping after popping into TK Maxx, brackets, in a pair of £870 Gucci tracksuit trousers. Close brackets. Only Fools and Horses star was replaced for emotional scene. Couldn't control himself. Joan Collins felt like she was in jail during the first lockdown in London. Hello and welcome to Barely Contained, the showbiz journalism podcast that steps into 2022, posing up a storm and displaying a clear lack of any New Year's honour. I'm Chris Beckett, and joining me as ever is Matt Withers. Matt, hello there, Chris, and Happy New ha- Year to one and all. Hello, Matt. Happy New Year to you too, and to the listeners. Uh, any resolutions? Um, no, just to continue with the, the same quality that people have come to expect from this podcast over the previous four years. And you can take yeah, that good as show. you like. Me too. So, in that spirit, have you got anything uh, good for us, sir? Yes, I'm going to start 2022 with a look on the Daily Star online. This is a story by Adam Goldsmith, who has the title of News Reporter, comma, Podcast. So, probably listening to this now. Hello there, Adam. Happy New Year. Uh, and this is headlined, Meghan Markle's subtle expression change at wedding exposed true feelings, expert claims. Mm. Now, I feel the word uh, expert here is, is possibly doing some heavy lifting. Yes. Well, in a way, aren't we all an expert? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, it, it goes, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry married in lavish fashion in May 2018. And having since left the royal family, a body language expert has looked back to reveal the couple's true feelings on the day. And aren't we glad they have? <laughs> yes. Thank The Lord. Subtle changes in Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's facial expressions expose their true feelings on their wedding day, a body language expert has claimed. Meghan married Harry in spectacular fashion in May 2018 at St George's Chapel in Windsor. Yeah, do you remember it? They made a real show of it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit of a to-do at the time, wasn't it? The way that they, they, they came in in parachutes. The event, which welcomed Meghan as an official royal, was packed with celebrity guests and members of the royal family. (laughs) Fancy that. Unbelievable. (laughs) But the Sussexes' time together as working royals was short-lived as they officially stepped down from their duties in March 2020 and moved across the Atlantic to the US. Yeah, Um, they they stepped down from working royals very quickly, became more sort of... Casual armchair royals. And uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I like the traditional way. If I go to the US, I go across the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mess with a good formula. I don't go the other way around. I don't, I don't attempt to traverse Iranian airspace to go, uh, to go <laughs> eastwards. Yeah, not advised. Now, speaking on his YouTube channel, body language expert Heisa Sarike Rosas has looked back on footage of the couple's wedding suggested that their true feelings were exposed in subtle changes of expression. Now, hang on, 
Hesus Enrique Rosses. That doesn't sound like our usual body language expert. No, um, I know the one you mean. Uh, is it Judy? Is it Judy Jane James? James? Uh, no, uh, this is one I imagine that they didn't have to pay because they've just taken down verbatim what he said on his YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, so let's see just how subtle these changes of expression were. The body language expert picked out two key moments at the beginning and at the end of Bishop Michael Curry's sermon. And let's face it, Jesus, he probably knows a thing or two about a good sermon. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jesus, he knows me and he knows I'm right. <laughs> uh, as uh, as the, the great Phil Collins once sang. Yep. Harry's expression at the start of Bishop Curry's sermon is a very soft and serene smile, he suggested. It's not hard to feel at that moment that Harry is serene and even happy. <laughs> That is, I mean, you can't buy that kind of expertise. That is how one earns the big books as a body language expert. <laughs> uh, you spend a lot, you spend four years in training. It, it costs a lot of money. And at the end of it, you learn to discover that if somebody's smiling, they might be happy. But turning to Harry's bride, the expert claimed that Meghan did not feel quite so comfortable in the lavish surroundings. Mm. Her eyes are pretty much emotionless. There's almost no smile contraction in them. Any genuine smile is going to manifest in the whole face, with both the mouth and the eyes working in a symmetrical way, he continued. But her expression is focused in her mouth, and that is the only true feature we can spot. But it's not like Megan is an android. Maybe she was anxious or nervous or upset about something, that's absolutely possible at a wedding. So at yeah. this point, Harry was serene and maybe even joyful, while Meghan was nervous and tense. I think this guy's attitude to smiles is, is very, it's, it's like, you know, Orville the Duck. <laughs> Unless you've got your eyes symmetrical, a massive grin on your face, you know, you're not, you're not giving the full 100%. No, he has got a, a very cartoonish attitude <laughs> to her facial, facial expressions. But, you know, he is the expert. And if we did have lawyers yep. here, we'd have to uh, point out that uh, we shouldn't cast any dispersions on his expertise. No. By the end of Bishop Curry's sermon, however, Hasis observed that both Harry and Meghan's expressions had shifted. Pointing out an image where the prince can be seen looking down and no longer smiling... Hazus noted, Harry had already gone through a full transformation. I don't think he was bored or upset by Bishop Curry's sermon, but somehow Harry did not have the same posture like in the beginning. He had not only let his head fall forwards, but the smile had gone away from his face too. I mean, I told Bishop Curry not to do a ginger joke, but <laughs> would he listen? No, he couldn't help himself. Um, so, uh, I mean, to me, I'm looking at this picture now, he has slightly bowed his head forward. Um, as, you know, I, I'm not a regular attendee, as is often the case in church, I believe. I think, yeah, I think that does happen. Yeah, I think that is part and parcel of the whole church thing. Meanwhile, Megan, Hazes suggested, had a face of being in control towards the end of the sermon, as her anxious expression became a smirk. Oh, 
smirking. <laughs> smirking, of you. smirking at your own wedding. Yeah, exactly. God, yeah. all about me. <laughs> Jesus also observed that Megan's hand had shifted on top of her husband's and claimed this is an expression of dominance and power. This comes as Harry and Meghan announced like a royal their... meat puppet. <laughs> royal meat puppet. This comes as Harry and Meghan announced their annual festive card just before Christmas Day, which contained the first photo of their daughter Lilibet, who was born in June. And that is the end of that story. Oh, <laughs> um, interested in hearing a few of the um, a few of the comments. Absolutely. Um, Ollie 66 said, is anyone interested in anything to do with this ugly, weird-looking, egotistical liar does? Oh, that's a bit harsh. It's I mean, harsh. we don't even know Jesus. Um, uh, going to laugh uh, said, she was doing her best, dot, 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 to hold in a really big fart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Darren Matthew says, so the body language expert hasn't got a clue. Oh, how? Oh, uh, you know, we should point out we have full respect in uh, Hades' uh, body language expertise. Yeah. Now, Chris, I believe you are turning to the online pages of the Daily Mail to tell us about a star of Downton Abbey. Yes, indeed. And this is written by Jane Wharton for the Mail on Sunday. And the headline, Downton Abbey to downtown shabby <laughs> lady mary actress michelle dockery is laden with shopping after popping into tk max brackets in a pair of 870 pound gucci tracksuit trousers close yep. brackets uh for our uh overseas listeners of, of whom uh, we know we have many tk max imagine like a normal shop but one in which everything is thrown everywhere Yes, I think that's, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> As Lady Mary, Michelle Dockery cuts an effortlessly stylish figure dressed in the finest haute couture money could buy in the Roaring Twenties. So anyone who recognised the Downton Abbey star on a shopping spree could have been forgiven for doing a double take as she dashed out of TK Maxx last week looking decidedly dressed down. And we know that this is one of those lovely Daily Mail stories where it suggests that a journalist doesn't understand that, that an actor or actress is not the person they portray. <laughs> Her casual look was deceptively dear, however, including a striking pair of 870 pound track bottoms and a 975 pound leather cross body bag, both by Gucci. I mean, the irony is she could have got both of those for 29.99 inside TK Maxx. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it would have been a lot of crawling around on the floor and possible fistfights. She would have been able to lay hands on them for a, a much lower price. Exactly. The ensemble was completed by an overcoat, knitted sweater, woolen hat, a mask and £120 black Vea Campo trainers, which were also a favourite of the Duchess of Cambridge. It might be on trend now. But Downton's doughty butler, Carson, made by Jim Carter, is unlikely to have approved. Yeah. Or existed. Yes. <laughs> a mythical character from the 1920s <laughs> would have looked at this woman in 2022 and thought, what is she doing? Oh, what would they have made of TK Maxx in the 1920s? 
It was about 9am and Michelle went straight into TK Maxx, looking like a woman on a mission, <laughs> said one looker. To be fair, you have to look like that if you're going into TK Maxx. Otherwise, you just get wrestled to the floor. Yeah, you really do. I, I have to do at least 10 minutes of psyching up exercises before setting foot in one. Don your armour. <laughs> With a crammed TK Maxx bag in one hand, Miss Dockery, 40, tucked a £30 Baby Bjorn doll's car seat under her arm at the West London store. A far cry from Downton Abbey, the fictional seat of the Crawley family and their servants. Yeah. I mean, we get the point now that, that this person is not the person that they act as in the TV show. I mean, I like to think that maybe sometime in the future there will be an episode of Downton or perhaps a film spin-off where they tackle the, the Crawley family going to Westfield. <laughs> yeah, maybe that they could they could walk down a street that takes them into the modern day, like the opposite of uh, time traveling philanderer Gary Sparrow in Goodnight Sweetheart. Yeah. Or maybe one episode that ends up with Dame Maggie Smith doing a uh, escape room. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Bonneville has to help her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would pitch that. It's- yeah, I mean, I, 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 this is the pitch. Uh, if you're listening, Julian Fellows, this is the pitch. The series was turned into a successful film in 2019, and the cast returns to the big screen in March with Downton Abbey, a new era, which its creator, Julian Fellows, has described as unashamedly feel good. <laughs> Do you think Julian Fellows has ever been in a TK Max? Oh, undoubtedly. I don't think he has. I think he would. I think he would see it as sheer barbarism and confirm everything that he believes about the lower orders. Everyone says it's sheer barbarism until they see the price of those Bluetooth headphones. He recently told People magazine, Mary may not be the titular head of the household, but she's effectively running the show. We take that further. Ooh, intriguing. Uh, and are there any comments to go with this one? <laughs> of course there are, 132. Wow. My username is, says, the Daily Mail trying to shame her by shopping at TK Maxx as though she'd been seen coming out of a brothel or a drug den. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, Matt. So I understand that now you have a, a classic tale. Um, about one of the most most loved festive sitcoms. Indeed. This is by Lauren Williams for The Express Online. It's headlined, Only Fools and Horses star was replaced for emotional scene. Couldn't control himself. Um, So, little spoiler alert. uh, Two things are not correct in that headline. (laughs) There wasn't an Only Fools and Horses star replaced for a scene and the scene wasn't emotional. Uh, But we'll come on to that. Only Fools and Horses star Sir David Jason has revealed the hysterical scenes which left their cameraman needing to be replaced in order to finish the shoot. I mean, he is, the, you know, the cameraman is the star, really. Yes. Forget your, forget your, you know, Del Boys and Rodneys. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose in many ways the, the, the special effects made Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Iconic Only Fools and Horses star Sir David Jason opened up about his days filming the comedy sitcom from 1981 to 1991. I'm glad he's finally done it. Um, I'm sure it lasted for more than 10 years, didn't it? 
Well, yeah. <laughs> so it said from 1981 to 1991. Maybe he refuses to open up about the days after that. Yeah, I think, you know, he keeps tight-lipped on that, on that latter period. Despite airing 25 years ago, um, thus confirming the fact that it went on after 1991, I just love that heads up. This, this story is just absolutely riddled with errors. Yeah. Only Fools and Horses remains the nation's favourite TV show with its hilarious jokes and limericks. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick up on this. Well, I... What? What? The only thing I can think is that Lauren Williams does not know what a limerick is. <laughs> do you think? Do you know, Come on, Matt. You remember that episode? <laughs> there was an old trader from Peckham. <laughs> oh, we really should have planned and, and written something. What? What's happened here? What? <laughs> Uncle Albert and his sea shanties. <laughs> what? What does she? What's happened here? Only Fools and Horses <laughs> remains the nation's favourite TV show with its hilarious jokes and limericks. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely have no idea what that means. Maybe Lauren Williams is not a real person. <laughs> Maybe they're experimenting with like, you know, like they sort of AIs. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would love to know. Lauren, if you're listening, um, do you think a limerick means something else completely? <laughs> or I, I don't know what this means. Give us an example of, of one of the limericks you had in mind. <laughs> Please, that's out of our misery. Anyway, so much so, David revealed a moment where even their cameraman couldn't hold his laughter together and had to be replaced in order to finish filming the scene. It wasn't just the cast that had the people on set laughing at their jokes. It was often the mishaps that happened with props, which ended up being the joke on set. Um, it's a very curiously phrased sentence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> In the 1982 episode, Ashes to Ashes, the trotters intended to scatter the ashes of Trigger's grandfather in the River Thames, but, of course, suffered a few mishaps along the way. Indeed. In one iconic scene, they placed the urn on the side of the road and a street cleaning lorry accidentally sucked it up. Um, I don't know about you, I don't remember this one at all. No, no, it doesn't ring a bell. No. Suddenly, the gang realised what had happened and chased after the vehicle with Rodney shouting to the driver, you've just sucked up our urn. The lorry driver apologetically responded, oh my God, what was he? A kitten. Leaving the cast and crew in hysterics, Sir David revealed one of the cameramen couldn't control himself and would get the shakes as he tried to hide his laughter. Um, I mean, I guess you had to be there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't strike me as a particularly good line. No. He recalled, we had to haul out the cameraman and replace him for that shot in the end. Sir David joked they may have still been filming the scene even now if they hadn't got another cameraman to take over and finish filming the shot. No, I don't know. I think they'd have. I, I think they'd have died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems highly. I mean, that was nineteen eighty-one, so that was forty-one years. Imagine if they'd all spent the past forty-one years trying to film that, that now largely forgotten scene. Yeah, I think dehydration. That would be the first thing. <laughs> Yeah. And also the continuity. 
People would be like, well, when they first went out to, to put that urn in the River Thames, they were all in their early early 30s and yeah. well into their 70s. They all have these long white beards. <laughs> a recent poll by The Sun showed viewers voted the Christmas special Heroes and Villains as the nation's favourite TV show to watch over the festive period. The iconic episode sees Del Boy and Rodney dress as Batman and Robin and sees their misadventures unfold. <laughs> Only Fools and Horses first aired in 1981 and over the course of 22 years released a staggering 64 episodes. Yeah, so not 10 years. <laughs> no, so previously it finished in 1991. Now it continued over the course of 22 years. Um, a staggering 64 episodes. I mean, I don't think 64 episodes over 22 years is staggering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean we've, we've almost done that many. <laughs> yeah, we've only done that many over four years. Lazy, lazy. (laughs) Despite the episode being rated best by viewers, according to Sir David, the episode was nearly ruined due to a number of problems. Um, And this goes on for quite a while, so I won't go into all of it. Um, It does mention that all of this is taken from Sir David's memoir, Adele of a Life, which was published a number of of years ago. Uh, So quite why it's now being reported, I don't know. Um, but the final sentence is, Only Fools and Horses is available to watch on BBC iPlayer. And of you know what, Of course Chris? it is. Only Fools and yeah. Horses is not available to watch oh, no. on BBC iPlayer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and never has been. So that, oh, final, that final sentence is, like the headline, completely untrue. I just, I just... You know, I've fallen for the mainstream media narrative. <laughs> yeah. No, I was it's about not. to run downstairs and watch it. Um, because, uh, I mean, rest in peace, John Chalice, who played Boise, um, who passed away last year, he spent the last few years of his life just talking exclusively about the fact that the BBC no longer repeat Only Fools and Horses. Um, but if you yeah. put the channel gold on now, there's a pretty fair chance you will see that episode where they're Batman and Robin. Yeah, good stuff. Chris, next you are taking us to the Daily Mirror online and a story about Dame Joan Collins. Yes, indeed, Matt. And this is by um, the showbiz reporter for the Mirror, Jamie Roberts. And headline, Joan Collins felt like she was in jail during the first lockdown in London. Ooh. Dame Joan Collins quickly relocated to the south of France with husband Percy Gibson when international travel was allowed following the first coronavirus lockdown. See, I, I don't know a great deal about it, but I, I feel quite surprised that Joan Collins is married to somebody called Percy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? If you, if you imagine a Percy, you kind of think of 80-something northerner in flat cap. Yeah, someone who's got, you know, active on the allotment scene. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of always envisioned uh, Dame Joan being married to someone, you know, with a kind of gladiator sounding name, like, you know, Titan. Yeah, yeah. Or what, who, who, was, who was the one with the long hair? Uh, Saracen. No, the evil one. The, the, the cartoonish oh, bad wolf. guy. Wolf. I imagine he'd be married to Wolf. <laughs> That would be a great showbiz couple. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the reality TV show? Yeah, absolutely. Children and Wolf. 
<laughs> Dame Joan Collins has confessed she felt like she was in jail when the UK first went into lockdown in 2020 because of the coronavirus pandemic. Yep, a unique reaction. The rest of us were having a ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the 88-year-old spent the first few months locked down in London before relocating to France with husband Percy Gibson as soon as international travel was allowed. What a hardship. The actress decided to move into her property in the south of France after becoming frustrated by the restrictions. According to the Daily Mail, the star said, I found London difficult because I felt like I was in jail, not knowing when I was going to get out. Unlike the rest of us. She admitted to originally spending a ridiculous amount of time simply watching TV and revealed she gained weight due to there being nothing to do but eat and drink. Well, I mean, you could work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was possible to work from home. We, we, we took this podcast online, didn't we? It, exactly. Joan continued, of course, I was in tracksuits. Weren't we all? I gained about half a stone. I was eating as much as possible because aside from drinking bottles of wine and polishing off chocolates, what else was there to do? She makes it sound like lockdown was Christmas. <laughs> what else was there to do? Nothing. All you could do was drink wine and eat chocolate. It's like the last days of Rome. I also watched endless television. It was ridiculous. I watched nine hours one day. I would watch the morning programmes and read all the papers. So that would take me to lunchtime. Yep. The morning programmes in general take you up to lunchtime. Then the lunchtime <laughs> programmes come on. you watched an episode of Only Fools and Horses where uh, the urn for Trigger's grandfather was sucked up by a... Uh, I was highly, conf highly confused by the strange change in age of the characters. <laughs> but the former Dynasty star said she must have a happy gene as she didn't feel low. I believe she might have another uh, incredibly wealthy gene. <laughs> yeah, yes, I would suggest so. Might take the edge off being locked down. In a previous interview, she admitted... I believe I was born with a gene of exuberance excitement. I wake up every morning and get enthusiastic about my first cup of coffee and the newspapers. Brought to me by my servant. <laughs> I get upset when I look at the news sometimes, but I'm very lucky I don't suffer from depression or much sadness. I have the happy gene. It's just something that's inbuilt. She has revealed, though, that she misses the 80s when shoulder pads were huge and greed was good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure greed was good, per se. <laughs> Speaking to the mirror about her time as Alexis on Dynasty, she said, it was the right show for the right time. It had beautiful people, beautiful clothes, beautiful sets, real flowers, real caviar, real anger behind the scenes from some of us. The 1980s was the me decade, the markets was trading bonds with the bravado of Gordon Gecko, and the stock market soared, obviously, and people were making a lot of money and investing it and living the good life. Yeah. It, I mean, it was good for some people, wasn't yeah. it? I don't care what people say about it. I don't care if they said it was all greed and Gordon Gecko. I loved Gordon Gecko and I miss it. <laughs> wow. I mean, Gordon Gecko. Would you say he was considered a, a hero or a villain of the piece? Yeah, I, I think a reviewing of the film would suggest that he, he wasn't supposed to be a sympathetic character. 
I love that Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, and that is the end of that. Um, and we have got uh, some comments. Discovery 12 said, what crap? She said, felt like being in prison. Nobody was locked up. You could go out and get fresh air. If you were assertive enough, obviously she wasn't. She had got no clue. She has survived so far. So why moan about it? Sad woman. Yep. Two likes for that. Bit harsh. I uh, love Gordon Gecko. Never saw that one coming. What a cracker is our Joni. Oh, dear. And Dave Horton says, never been in jail. Have you, Joan? Uh, to which Rasby responds, she should have been. Her acting is a crime. Oof. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. Although um, fair, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's, um, that polishes off our first episode of the new year, Matt. Yeah, well, I would say that um, my New Year's resolution to ensure that this podcast stays of the same quality as previous years is probably intact. Yes, I think we've, you know, don't change a, a mediocre formula. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Chris. Uh, if people choose to continue to engage with the barely contained brand in 22 uh how would they do that in the online arena yeah well i really think they should um and they can go to facebook uh to barely contain the podcast or um in the twitter sphere they can go to at barely underscore pod um and catch up with all manner of uh extra clips um little subtitled videos all the good stuff and can they uh, join us in the metaverse? Uh, no. No, they cannot. <laughs> they cannot. But what they can do is, uh, if you go to your podcaster of... What they can do is, if you go to your podcatcher of choice, uh, which would be the one you're listening to this on, be that Apple or Google or Amazon or Spotify, uh, please subscribe, uh, give us a review, um, five stars, please. Um, and then just tell your friends... Tell your families, uh, just get the word out there about Burley Contained. Yeah, please do. Please do. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye.